0: what have been our experiences of that, how do we understand it, uh, because uh, as, as somebody who's taught in the public arena for many years, uh, like from the early 70s until now, I've noticed a lot of changes in how people understand things that I think are pretty common, but there's a real big gap. Across generations and nationality, and what we mean by certain core words like community or trust or respect. We mean a lot of different things. Same word, but it's holding different meaning. Thank you. And it's, it's, what you're,
1: what you're alluding, what you're pointing to is sometimes I don't use that word community, I use the word, I use it in plural. In terms of community, I don't assume that there is one community, even in this room.
2: Finally. So,
3: uh, one thing that keeps coming to my mind is um, <coughs> I have had the first of all welcome to Minneapolis, um, and my name is Jeff. Um, so I wasn't able to attend the rest of the uh, earlier events this weekend. So I'm not, I don't know what was discussed, uh, what the, the points were that we brought about earlier, but um, in response to the one question you asked, what can Common Ground do more or what, what has been beneficial for me, um, having been sort of for um, quite a few years a casual uh, attendee of, of practice groups here and, half-day retreat a while ago. Um, it's easy to come and um, just find a seat and sit and um, sit here, mark feet and get up and walk out the door and never even speak to another person. I found that um, there's no, no brain involved there. It's just what I did for a long time. And reading through the newsletter when I saw that it was a gay men's group, I felt um, immediately interested in that and uh, saw an opportunity for me to connect to the community, uh, a larger community, through something that, as you said, was pertinent to my experience. But the question I always have, and you know, I, I, um, I'm a nurse and I work um, in an environment where there's a lot of diversity and when I think about the, specifically the LGBTQ, however many letters you want to add on, to that that community, um, I found within this, you know, I'm, I'm a G, and I don't know a lot about T, so, or there's sort of been historically in the community at large a, a lack of understanding between the L's and the G's, and, you know, even within what we call, as you say, you know, we have different definitions, that LGBTQ community can have um, misunderstandings between themselves or lack of acceptance. So my uh, sort of a conflict that I have is
4: on the one hand, the
3: gay men's group has helped me connect to the community at large, but on the other hand, when I come here and see men and women and Transgender uh, members of the community. I feel also on the by the same on the other side of the coin that when I go to the gay men's group, those people are are perhaps excluded or may feel that way because historically that's, that's sort of um, gay. I think um, gay men in larger gay society tend to sort of gravitate towards each other to the exclusion of other members of that. Community. So I have that, I feel that conflict, uh, on the one hand it's connected me, but how, how deeply do you identify within you know, one aspect of your own identity, uh, how far do you go with that before it becomes exclusive of, of other members? And that's a question I, I
5: ask myself.
1: Well, what I'm hearing you ask is, is one of the, is a very deep Dharma question. It's not a political, social, cultural question. It's a Dharma question of who am I? How do I explore who I am? and how do I explore it in a way such that um, um, the outcome is not attachment to the identity. The, the outcome is freedom from the identity. And, and so your process of using identity as a door into these practices it, you know, none of these practices guarantee liberation immediately they, 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 um, they are an invitation into whatever our path is towards that liberation but we actually have to walk that path and so, exploring, um, and 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 as we explore, we become more and more conscious, and we become conscious of the fact that even though we may be oppressed, it doesn't mean that we do not oppress. And then we begin to realize, oh my God, the cultural conditioning that that has harmed me, I am also a part of, and how profound and deep is that? And how do I change that behavior? And how do... So that's the piece of the... You know, you were talking about the gay men, you know, sort of... can be the predominant culture within the LGBTQ communities. Um, and how... Um, we have to look at that privilege and power and confluence with circumstances so that we can ally with... with um, our communities, so that uh, I was speaking about this with the POC group last night. That that um, we know that disparity and discrimination and oppression doesn't care about the target. You know, there is no hierarchy in target, whether it's people of color or queer folks or women or 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 um, uh, young people or people with limit with different abilities. The dynamic is the same. And that is what the teachings um, allow us to deconstruct and, you know, try to eliminate that suffering. And as we do that, as we explore who we are individually and collectively, our identity, that doorway, we begin to see that we are so much more than who we think we are. We are so much more than what this label is. You know this dance between—it's not going to the—it's not transcending our experience to go to that place. That often, you know, in in the cliff notes of Dharma, um, you often go to—we're all one. We're all one. We're all universal. But we actually have to go through the relative experience of our identity, of who we are, to get there. It's not going around it. So, you know, John Welwood came up with this concept in 1984, the spiritual bypass. It's a brilliant concept because we do it so often and even so subtly that, um, you know, we have, a, we have these awakenings and in insight in our area it doesn't in 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 an area of our life doesn't mean that the rest of our life is enlightened yet and and so this is our practice to um, constantly explore um, who we are and and in the relative world our identities are really important to manage administer and navigate and can I remember that that's not all of who I am and how do you provide the same benefit that you received as a gay man and in, in in your group as an invitation into the possibility of freedom how do we provide that for other folks you know stepping into the, another person's shoes that exchange of self for others so that it's not about our oppression or our victimhood or how we've been harmed. How do we how do we lessen the harm for, for all beings? And this is a way that, you know, our experience, it's the only reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. I mean, you know, I'm trained as an artist. I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing. You know, and, and I went and, I, you know, I'm a recovering uh, drug addict and and my, my therapist said, you've got to reduce your anxiety. You'd better meditate. And so I meditated. And, you know, this is MBSR, right? That was a door into, you tell me that I was going to be shaving my head and going to Thailand, <laughs> you know, ten years later. And I would have said you were crazy. So um, the door is such an invitation to freedom. And, and an exploration of, and and so as I practiced and felt excluded and um, didn't see myself in the in the in, on the teaching dais and I didn't hear my stories, you know, this 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 pulled me into. There's a need here. I don't know how I'm going to serve it, but there is. I can feel from my own experience that. These teachings are relevant for my life, and um, I'm having difficulty. And so, you know, the beauty of this practice is even to use that, that that, um, there are many retreats that I left before the end of, because I couldn't tolerate being the only one. But eventually I didn't leave. And eventually, I was able to practice anywhere, with anyone, under, even if I didn't like the teachings that were offered, because I was still gaining something. And that, there is some freedom in that. There's a lot of freedom in that. But I don't, so that's just my personal journey of, of why this aspect of our practice, aspect of our collective practice, I feel to be so important um, um, because I know that my story it may not be everyone's story but everyone has you know their own story of, of, of suffering or how that their their exploration of who am I and um, and, uh, and so anyway I'll just leave it there one thing I experienced, I've also the group, but the thing that, that uh, I valued even before I came in group was uh, having a
3: space and kind a of place to be with other people, and then, I mean, that, I mean, that is huge, and not having had that before, I was never able to develop practice, and there, even at times when we're not strong. So I do feel a sense of being here that keeps me coming back. And then I, I got into the EMS and I've been there for about a year. Uh, and now it's so much easier to come into the, the, the larger group. And I feel like I, I belong anywhere. And I, I do think I mean, the dialogue is something that you're really starting to establish. Dial- something that we haven't really, haven't seen a lot of or known a lot of, is dialogue. And what I think is that's what an intimate relationship is, relationship is dialogue. And so that's starting to happen. And I, and I, and I see that as, as dialogue. You know, other people may have experienced dialogue, and I hadn't known about it. Uh, but I'm starting to see it happen in front of me.
1: And so, both of you, you know, I'm gonna make an invitation to your, your, your group and your practice that you see the benefits of your own experience. And you hear, I think, everybody knows, that a uh, people of color group is starting. Ally with them. Show them what worked in your group so that they can feel supported too. This is where, you know, identity Falls away, and that we just support each other's backs. We support what supports practice, and this is so ha- that this is how we can learn from each other collectively. What worked for you? What didn't? So that the wheel doesn't have to get you know basically the wheel of Samsara, right? The wheel doesn't have to get recreated. Does that make sense? I
3: The community, how I have experienced about how we feel connected, interconnected with each other, and kind of stop seeing. And you said that right up front, it was about foundation So you can look at it from the perspective of the diversity and knowing groups that feel they don't belong.
5: well I would like to stand with people who we should belong, but we still don't feel we belong, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the share the the population of the group of
3: large groups of people that come here and don't find with these inefficient groups. Mm-hmm. So, what are the practices that um, can really create the, that sense of interconnection, the In sense of depth of connection? Then we can do it as we sit on the cushion and we can
4: find our connection internally and whatever it is we're connected with. We can learn that piece of our. Do that in a visible way, in an open, and honest way, in a true
3: integrity way, mm-hmm. with another individual and another individual and another. Mm-hmm. And my sense is that as a group, I think, as a group coalesces into that framework, then it becomes much more possible to really embrace and, and really reach out to these other groups that are also trying to find the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of a network kind of mm-hmm. thing, but I think it starts in okay, what is it?
5: What are the true underlying values that I hold as an individual that are all about a
1: deep, beautiful interpersonal with another human being? <laughs> Beautifully said. And you know, I, I feel I feel that um, some of what we shared in the last two days was about that relational aspect. You know, that safety net that that when things get difficult, you have if you don't have the relationship, you fall through. <coughs> and we can fragment so easily. So we talked about breaking apart. It's the relationships that actually help us break together or stay together. And so, you know, um, as... Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the man next to you. Uh, with the gloves? Yeah, yeah you were mentioning... Um, how do we continue? And so, you know, some of the some of the practices or the intentions of exercise, uh, intentions of applying the Dharma, um, uh, it you know, it can't stop with this weekend. So, you know, how does it continue in terms of? You know, I've given this as a class series. I've given this as series of day longs. Um, it's a it's it's a subject that I think is ripe for um, a residential retreat. Um, it's a different form of practice, but it's not outside of Dharma. It's just that we are creating it as we go, and this is the nature of Dharma when it comes into. Um, I was talking about the history of of, of dharma uh, um, a a while ago. And and so, uh, historically, um, when the dharma comes into a relatively new culture, meaning the West, and it is relatively new, even within 150 years, it changes the culture and is changed by that culture. That means that dharma is changed by the culture it enters. And, and North America is, is really the Central Asia of a thousand years ago. It's the Silk Road. It's the crossing point. It's the multiplicity. And so the Dharma is, is landing, you know, it, you, you know, when a raindrop lands on the ground and it, it's this beautiful, you know, splash. And that's, you know, we're in an incredibly exciting time. In the Dharma right now, in the ways that the, the petals of the lotus are unfolding, and um, and so uh, um, how can we use that for our collective experience? That um, that. Uh, It is about developing our relationships so that we can go into the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. We likely do that internally first so that we can get a grounding just like uh, the gentleman in the gay men's group. We heal our issues. We begin that process so that we can be reference points. We can be the building blocks of... Our collective experience, so that new people can come in and and have that same experience. And um, uh, and so I do think that that there are some new forms that are going to be beneficial to explore these topics um, and how uh, I know that Greg Kramer does. Does a lot of work in inside dialogue. So you're talking about relational. Um, there's a lot of Marshall Rosenberg's work that is very relevant in in Dharma communities. Um, uh, so what what calls what kind of work calls to this community? Will you know? Part of it is your input. Part of it is your contribution of of what you need and what's worked for you in your life. And to verbalize that. Uh, it's very difficult for us to get our needs met when we don't tell anybody what those are. And so... Yeah, and I, just, I think that there's like... So <clears throat>
3: really enjoyed having the opportunity to talk to you with this and you kind know, of um but I think <laughs> um, the teaching like anything else you know I was, my husband who's Christian was told me last night about the Buddhist and I'm not who's um this an always violence Right, mm-hmm. and I have this quote in the article, and i not It was this it was very venomous. I guess, in that particular community, like, um, if you put something about if you let this new ground grow, like, it will grow into a new down. It was fun, I mean. And just in that context, it was chilling, right? That's um, so my husband really was like, "You always think about just so this here, right? And so, you know, and I was like, I mean, that's, you know, you did talk about that, you know? So I, I just I bring that up because I think that um,
5: <clears throat> there
3: are a lot of things that um, I feel like, you know, in my sort of awareness in a particular community person's color but I stop trying to that of course it's a very diverse community yep. there's other kinds of other categories but I just feel like the overall community um, there's a real lesson and I feel like there's a lot here honestly around engaging in the differences that are actually here and and, and then going for that spiritual bypass that overall one you yeah. know we all suffer in very different ways. I mean, some suffering is the same, but there's a lot of suffering that's really different and um, that we perpetuate on other people. And my experience has been not just, and I don't think it's is common you know, For me again, I just have to go with this sort like of way act It's a privilege that I experience most, which is along the lines of, of race and, and also gender, too, with Minnesota, from using one of the race, racial and gender. Um, there's just this real fear around, um, and I would say it's We talked about this a little bit last night between, like, using particular aspects of the teaching, like, do no harm. right? oh, well, we can't talk about that because it's going to be too painful and, you know, it's going to do harm versus, like, okay, <laughs> we're already separated. Let's already admit that there's already conflict right? And sort of, and then it's also further complicated, because so it's layered on top of
4: this the Colorado culture, which is like,
3: oh, it's like, half-descriptive,
4: it's not too bad, it's
3: all time to
5: wash it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. You know, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's
3: more complicated, it's more going to be fine, you know? Um, and so, um, I, I feel like there's this real sort of like, Almost like this, and, and to me it's very like when you say it's useful, it's always useful to me also to learn more about kind of like the history of the Dharma and sort of how it it's changed the culture and the culture has changed with it because I also feel like as a personal color, like one of the one of the biggest some of the biggest um, sort of narratives that America like has about itself is that um you know this melting pot thing and. You know, we're all one people, and it's all, oh, you know, everybody has a voice here, and a lot of the We're finally a Democratic society. just that there are the cool things that happen like, in life. life, you know, taking taking people, and Those were aberrations, but really we're
5: a Democratic society. You know, and, um, you know, how about other stuff. And so I, I feel like
3: there's, there's these ways in which that, those histories of privilege, those narratives of privilege, are like... What I see is, and, and this is sort of like my problematic part because I think there's a lot of really, really useful parts of Dharma that are coming also to meet, um, to mainstream Western culture for everybody. But I just feel like, you know, in my particular, um, sort of other position, and I really appreciate that you also sort are of complicating that, right? Because it is really multifaceted, right? I'm other because I'm black, but, and a woman, but, like, I'm not the middle class, also, I'm straight, you know, like, there's all other points, you know, um, that we have to and navigate, um, but I feel like we can't even get started on that complexity, because people are, like, terrified, like, oh my god, you're this is you know, and it's sort of, like, instead of understanding that this is, like, a larger cultural issue that we have, you know, that we you know we're Sure, we don't want to deal with that because we don't want to feel that kind of pain and we don't want to feel like implicated Mm -hmm. in other people's pain which is like many times like the deepest Here, um, but that—that's something that I feel is really holding holding those back in my in, in, in collectively, in my experience, and also the sort of idea that okay, as we get more. Thin-
1: Yeah, so um many issues there
5: <laughs> to
1: acknowledge and and um and that's and the, the many part is not the problem. The, the 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 difficulty um comes at least from my perspective around um, treating it as an awareness practice and um And so, because I have come to experience that it's, um, even with privilege, um, especially with our practice, it's not about intentional harm, right? And so it's really about (coughs) harm that's being caused unintentionally outside of what we know, outside of... So how do we know what we don't know? This is an awareness practice. This is a a beautiful awareness practice, actually, to to constantly explore how we don't know what we don't know, and um, and be tender with that because we don't want to cause any any more harm, and that um, privilege. Also, I'm going to speak from you know the marginalized space right now we can ha- we can be attached to our conceptions of privilege you know that it's oh bad or whatever privilege has no valence it's how we use privilege the buddha did not pathologize wealthy people in fact is the entire sangha was necessary to support so you know i was reading um uh, I am a little bit of a historical buff, but, you know, one of King Ashoka's uh, columns um, uh, when he was basically creating a Dharma kingdom, you know, had all of the sponsors of who funded the Sangha and built this, this, this column, you know, the kings or the patrons or whatever. But they also listed... Um, uh, the groups of practitioners the artisans the farmers the you know so it was a beautiful inclusivity exercise that I was reading about and the and the, and, and the community needed the privilege of the community in order to survive so it's what we do with privilege when we become aware that we have it and what do we do? we give it away not indiscriminately, it's the practice of generosity. We share so that our collective sense of wealth begins to rise. So this is where, I mean, you know, I'm I'm just giving you the top layer of how privilege can be used as a Dharma teaching for all communities. And it takes... I'm going to to say that practice is equivalent to an educational process. So it takes education and practice. So I'm going to give you a success story. I like success stories. Uh, IMS, um, for a long time, was a retreat center that that created um, residential retreats, Jack Joseph. Sharon, you know it, Um, and they were predominantly, what, infrequent, and the anomaly was a diverse person would walk through um, or get trained as a teacher, and um, and Spirit Rock actually started the POC and the LGBT retreats way before I invested, and, um, you know, there was always some there's, there's a little bit of you know that there's a little bit of rivalry you know east coast west coast the, you know whatever you know California culture versus the Northeast. and um, and so there was this you know like oh well I entered late in the in, in the game their retreat started at Garrison in 2004 and and um, um, you know they they started. Somewhere in two thousand seven two thousand and eight, um, the executive director um, had had the intention of training training on different levels teachers, staff, board you know um, I, uh, one of Mark's colleagues, Gina Sharp, and I have did a few trainings for for their teaching staff. Um, Every now and then, but nothing coordinated. So they found a trainer to do a multi-year plan, three or four years of, of, of not frequently. I think it was maybe once or twice a year at the most. It took investment. Took a couple thousand, maybe it took fifteen thousand dollars, something like that. It was an investment. It doesn't come for free. When the training started. They had one person of color on the board of, uh, I don't know, 15, 17 people. By the end of the three years, there were six. Five of them were African American, one Latino, oh, seven, uh, and one Asian man. That's an incredible change in that short of a time. But more than that, because of this this multiple change on multiple levels, they realize that in order to serve diverse populations, it's not just about opening the doors and saying that we're welcoming. It's about seeding the ground. Somebody was talking about seeding the ground. So creating the opportunities for practice. How many people... In diverse communities, have either the resources or um, the ability to, to leave work, especially 2008. That's when the stock market crashed. So, um, so they began fundraising, and um, this three-month retreat this year is historic because there are. You know that that three-month retreat—that's the—that's the—that's the, that's the, that's the uh, what's the word? Um, flag, flagship? flagship of retreat practice. That's where you deepen. That's the opportunity to deepen. Forty percent of people, forty percent of the practitioners this year are people of color. The normal composition of that retreat maybe three. When I was there, I was the only one. There are going to be 35 people of color there supported by multiple grants because the organization knows that or has, has been trained, you know, exactly in what you're saying. How do we deal with this? It takes a while. But actually, you know, there's a tipping point. Three or four or five years is not that long. And they still have, you know, work to do. But I really want to acknowledge that our community, our larger community, has made some incredible progress. And so just like, you know, the the invitation I was giving to the Gay Men's Group to support the POC group, what can we learn from those success stories? Who do we need to talk to? Um... I know that Tara Brockett in Washington DC is is grappling with these issues with her community and, and that's a pretty large sitting community in a major urban setting as well. So there may be similarities. Um, there are not one more thing. There are not many ways in which our independent uh Dharma communities have collaborated in the past, you know. For example, Spirit Rock and IMS, it's not as if they've ever created a joint retreat. They very rarely collaborate, and they're beginning to on this issue. That's amazing, that's interesting. But the diversity issue itself is making the community whole. The seemingly sense of separation is actually bringing us together. I think that's fascinating. It's I just wanted to um, just talk a little bit about the fear that you brought up the perceived fear. And one thing that came up yesterday our, like, eight, like, in our group of space. get into our conversation was just talking about how you know this session has always been about
4: deepening our practice. Whatever you know, the focus is on creating space where people can come together and often sit quietly and listen to a garment talk. Um, and, you know, it, there's this sort of refuge in the silence and just being able to come together. And uh, so we were talking about, well, in
3: terms of creating a space sort of that's geared towards supporting practice, but also is inclusive and safe and not for everyone and opening the door for more people to enter. What is that? Like, how do we shift? I mean, we've kind of got this template of what practice looks like here and, how how does the whole community shift that template so that opening is opening in a different way or new way, like opening to things that you don't know about? Like, what does that actually look like on the ground? Like, how does that all become part of
4: is normally part of you know my practice every time I
3: come to the center and you know what you, and so there was some fear about giving up like not having to talk to anybody like coming after a long day at work and just wanting to be quiet you know and, and so having a conversation about that like okay well maybe I need changes to remind you that we could benefit from that. Of course there are risks to, <laughs> to that kind of theory, but of course I kind of feel the resonance, you know, because you know, like, I don't have, like, I don't expect that there will be in the near past and, and in the near present, any the group uh, of the medieval Indians that was <laughs>
5: And we didn't um
3: respond. Okay? So it was just an offer. <coughs> so then I was thinking, well, that was just exactly what I needed. And I thought, what if we had a group called no,
5: Conversations
3: and Contemplations? And then we maybe you had a theme. it's an offering, and then he said, now, would you like that to be an offering, or would you like us to ask you questions, or would you like us to mirror you, or validate you, because that's what you did with him so well. He said this long uh, expression, and then you condensed it, said it back to him, you felt hurt, right? You felt like God, right? Okay, so that's the that I watched you do that you were excellent at that I'm not good at it. And, and probably a lot of us aren't good at it, so what if that was the point of the group was someone talks and you say do you want to be prepared?
5: is it just an operator, or do you want a session of questions to explore what you said or do you want us to hear you and then everybody in the group gets the chance to attempt to hear and they go no 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 it's not right what I meant until the person feels heard, because when a person feels heard, they also feel that belonging. you feel belonging. <laughs> not to put him on the spot. <laughs> I think it's like she has not watched it. <laughs> so.
3: not here to solve the problem, okay? We're here to hear each other. We're here to get to know each other and we and, and then maybe it would take on a theme or maybe it would just bounce around, but but it would be res, it would be a striving to be respectful. And then if we could learn this skill, then we could like maybe we could invite the gay men's group. Time and say, Would you like to offer to us or express to us some of your core issues, some of the core ways that this really your dharma practice works, is enhanced by your group? And then we could listen and your back to them, and we just get a sense of uh, 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 we're so afraid to talk. I'm afraid to talk, actually. Okay. So we're so afraid to talk, but we get back validation that addresses the fear. I am being heard, it was okay for that talk. And then we we practice listening, compassionate listening, we practice not getting any class But it was just looked like a whole little package. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> but it was a way for us to continue this without having the facilitator skills that you have. you know what I mean? We have the striving to learn the skill that you demonstrate. So it's like that's a practice. is a practice. Share our practice, share our spiritual goings-on so we can get to know each other, and then practice listening and validating.
1: It is practice, and, and, and it also needs to uh, have a way of continuing so that, you know, um, uh, the, the beginning part of the morning, we went through those intentions of communicating together, and, um, you know, the way that that I've used that in other communities is that it's a, if you read the intro, it's a living document, so whenever I give a class on community building, I pull out the the list, and people who are in that event add to that list, and so I actually <coughs> brought a copy of the list that we use at EBMC, and I can leave it with mark and, and Shelley and for those of you who want to compare the list that you created with another community and they're remarkably similar so this the similarity is a learning experience too right of how you know ostensibly there is no connection between our communities but there is especially in practice and and so that that's another way of communities validating each other. You know, it's not just the one-on-one interpersonal validation. It's, it's how do we see each other in community? Do we see... You know, it's a much more complicated experience. But it's not... It, it's very possible. Yeah, you have some great and, uh, also would like to see what is like this doing just what we doing but right? taking it deeper and deeper
3: so that we come to uh, better understanding of all the differences uh, that we have here um, I belong to the people of color group
2: and I love it I hope that group always exists because in the real
3: like Share uh, my experiences and relate to them in a way that I don't often get to as the the, uh, living here in Minnesota. But at the same time, I also want to be able to do and feel the same thing within the grading community. I think everybody should. And I think to a certain extent, we should be really conscious that what we don't want to create, this is found out with all kinds of satellite communities that have highly hard, increasingly harder walls built up that um, our fears and insecurities contribute to and contribute to us making assumptions about what other people are thinking about us. So I think at the same time that we're forming these groups and Connecting with each other, uh, we should also uh, bring that understanding to the community and share ourselves uh, so that we're not creating pockets of fear, uh, insecurity, and all kinds of other unskillful things that don't help us to be out together.
1: Beautiful
3: I really like that. Oh, I'm sorry, on well, I can so relate to what you say. Um, I went to the book cover the first time, and then I was asking. I was so happy to see it. You know, it was just freaking me out in a way. I'm like, what does this mean? Like, you know, do we Like, is it a conflict with common ground? Kind of fear I had. Um, but I could also see that the fact that you are talking tell us there was a need for it. So, you know, people, we are trying to find a, a more deeper voice or being heard So what I really would like for all of us is
5: to have a dialogue mindset. You know, because I'm afraid some, you know, can I go to the, I'm, I'm not gay, but can I come into the gay mass group and then... And, and hear what your issues are, I would definitely be interested in it. And I would like, I have people that are, don't put, they are people of color, to talk to the people of color, and, and just hear it, uh, what the deeper issues are with everyone. So we can just move on together. So, what I do, I'm I'm very impressed to see this. Just that we are talking about it is a way forward.
3: So, I like what you're saying. I think that's one practice. Another thing I would think is, what if you have a community day where we just discuss? I like, you know, the, the usual um, group meditation where we come, but it doesn't give you a chance to talk. So, I, I came in Friday and I was listening to you, but just a small group of three just having a conversation. You just know what this person is thinking about today. And just, you know, a simple saying hi and just talking to somebody, just so more personal and deeper and kind of get you where everybody is at. So that kind of uh, space lets like, you create more discussion
5: um, would, I think, get us forward, even in a bigger group and in a
3: smaller group.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure.
3: One of the things that I've been working with in practice for a couple of years now, is a phrase that comes out of a meta-practice that was developed by New York Insight after 9-11. And it's one of the things i use when I go to correctional facilities. And the phrase is, find forgiveness for the inevitable harms we bring to one another. And um, I just found this so... Um, In my work, in my practice, and, and years ago in very different circumstances. I was actually of course i on fundraising for nonprofits. I was doing some group work with a man who had cerebral palsy. And something I said, well, you, you know this person because like you he is wheelchair man. And this person said to me, Am I tied to this wheelchair? Am I chained to this wheelchair? Every day I choose to get into this. Every day I make a choice about whether I stay in bed or I use a wheelchair. It is a choice to use a wheelchair, and it was such a painful, painful lesson that I have never forgotten. But it was not my perspective on this person changed completely when he, he said to me, "It's a choice to use a wheelchair." And I think about how often I miss things like that with other people. That I have my language, my assumptions. I take refuge in my good intentions, and I know from training that you know that the more um, the more privileged group always says, "Well, my intentions were good," and they really don't look at the impact. And it's really, you know, we talk about this um, not, uh, and sort of knowing what you don't know, it's really being willing to look at the impact, to really understand that what you, uh, that laughing is the way yesterday, he brought up that, you know, someone used the term intersex and sort of the out there, there's laughing and understanding how hurtful uh, that is, and understanding that some of my thinking is inevitably racist because of just my acculturation. I think it would be so, um, it would so strengthen our uh, practice if we could be safe enough, as Larry said, if we could trust each other enough to really
5: understand how we are each other and to really understand that um, inevitable.
3: a little bit, to me anyhow, it's, it's frightening that to see fragmentation me, you know that I am part of this subgroup or I am part of that subgroup. Um, now we have an Armenian subgroup. One <laughs> 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 fellow over there that mentioned he was a men subgroup. I could join this subgroup you know, and have some information about it. But, um, okay, so when I was younger, so we had to sub Sounds contrary to you know to the ultimate to my feeling of what the meditation setup mm-hmm. is to, you know,
1: can to focus on it? differences. You you yeah. said that you were a recovery so yeah, and I am too, you know, And
3: sometimes in in that community we talked about focus on our on our similarities, you know, and don't don't isolate separate ourselves because of our differences. Mm-hmm. I could find something about me that's different and I could recruit other people that are similar to me. It would be a
1: small group, I'm sure. You know, know, I think that, uh, if I can respond to that, on several different levels. One, I think that the concept of similarity and differences, I think we get caught in what we think similarities are and what we think differences are. Because there is... um, there are no people in the world that are more similar to than my biological parents, and I was separated from them for so long because of my orientation. Likewise, differences are 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 one of the. I was speaking about this um, last night. It's in the diversity of life that the richness of evolution occurs. It's when the When the land meets the water, that the richness, you know, when that, when that, when those differences occur, new forms are created. So, the fact that we think that similarities are comfortable and differences are uncomfortable is just a concept. If we pierce with our awareness practice what is really true, and then maybe the language will not be quite so polarized. And about, you know, your question really goes back to, you know, are culturally specific venues skillful? Are culturally specific um, focus uh, causing harm or causing benefit? I'm not sure I can answer that, but I'll tell you a story historically when Jack Joseph and Sharon and some of our senior Western teachers went to Asia in late 60s, early 70s, and they had these brilliant spiritual explorations and openings and and were authorized to teach, and they came back to North America, did they go to the existing Asian temples to practice and to teach? Those temples have been existing since 1850, at least, you know, um, in, in many of the Asian traditions. The first Thai temple um, was built in the early 60s in Washington, D.C., so it predates them. Whether it's the gay men's group or the people of color group or the women's group that form or the young adults group that sometimes form, the needs that are expressed are to see themselves reflected in the Dharma to hear their stories how relevant are the teachings in this particular life this is a universal need even with the senior teachers who came back from from Asia and they created their teachings (coughs) You, you see where I'm going? Even in the mainstream culture, the needs are the same. Okay, so they're supported by privilege, power, whatever. I I don't want to deal with that right now. The human need for connection to seeing themselves um, in the teachings is what these culturally specific groups are asking for. They may not know how to articulate it on a collective level, But it's been, you know, that is, even, this is where I I sometimes get stunned, um, is that even in our differences, we are the same. This is where we begin to connect. If we can hold that larger picture, that it's not just about the culturally specific, but the culturally specific addresses a culturally universal need. And that's the door we go through. Can we feel into both? Can we use the specific and the particular to get to the universal? Because it's not just about the universal. It's not just about leapfrogging. Because I, as a, as a new practitioner, I may not have the practice that you do. I may not understand the practices you do. I may not have had the retreat experience to really like let things fall away. And I'm expected to go to no identity, no self.
5: It's,
1: it's, it's a leap of, it's more than a leap of faith. It's a leap that d- denies my previous experience. And, and Dharma is about experiential change. It's not about, you know, me telling you what to do. It's about Your experiential validation of of the practice.
3: I'd like to,
2: along those lines, suggest that when we're talking about um, practice groups around labels, whether it's sexual orientation or ethnicity or race, whatever those things are, those are just words for describing experiences that people have had in their lives as a result of that. Demographic fact. I'd like to see affinity groups around kinds of issues that other people have had, such as, I can't stand the politics in this country. It really upsets my practice. And are there are other people who have struggled with how politics in this country gets in the way of their
3: practice and be able to have discussions around those kinds of things. I'm in the 12 step
2: mindfulness group, I'm one of the teachers there, and so we get together and talk about how the mindfulness practice supports. Recovery. And it can be around being single
3: parents, it can be around how does well, this stay in way and how does it support. And, uh, so I like to see those kinds of
2: affinity groups and recognize that the uh, uh, sexual orientation issues and racial aspects are just another way of saying experience, they're <coughs> just another way of enabling a set of experiences that people are using mindfulness and abuse practices to help them address and try to expand on, on that. Um,
3: <clears throat> I think too, like, um, and I don't not have an answer for, for this, but I, I understand. And that kind of gets to your question. Like, I don't, I think a lot of times when we
5: have problems, like, and, I mean, I see you know, I to see, you know, sort of like one rush to the
3: solution, you know? But, I mean, I, I don't, especially with culture shifts that we're talking about, you know? I don't. I think it's. I don't think we need to focus on what is it going to look like. I just think we need to focus on like, you know, with that comes the sort of like, okay, hey, well, we you know this particular one has worked for some people. We might not be working on other people. Let's investigate that. You know, and then, you know. You know, it's like just sort of like, well, let's see, let's see what happens, you know? And I think that that's sort of the rub, is sort of like, um, keeping the board momentum at the same time that you're like, well, you don't have X, um, common variety, that that we're towards, you know? So how do you do that? Um, but, but still being consistent that. And I also want to see that I think, um, <coughs> that groups for all of you Made um, out, um, compassionally laid like, out, and know, really um, essential for um, helping people develop their practice um, more deeply and feel safe to do that. And I guess um, the other tension that I want to bring up and acknowledge is that I'm also hearing people learn about how, like, well, perhaps the students can help teach, like, the mainstream folks, uh, and. I mean, I know just for me, again, my screen is not my life, but I'm too honest. Like, I don't want I can do that at work. Like, I don't want to do that too. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to teach that to the So, um I just think that, you know, that, at, but then also knowing at the same time, yes, you do need to have that job, right? You do need to, you know, because exactly for the reason that you're saying, is, I don't know what I don't know. Right? So how do I, how do I figure that out? You know? But to put the onus on, let's say, understanding heterosexual privilege on the gay men's group to tell us about that. I mean, I, I just, that, that's not, I don't think that's the right way to go. Or the POC group, like, oh, you're gonna tell us to, like, the, you know, up like, a poor black guy and, you know, I'm not your teacher or something, or whatever, like, that, I, I, I just, uh, so I'm trying to point out that I think affinity groups are useful in and of themselves. So, folks, and yes, we also, I mean, it is a goal to have those dialogue discussions. But I also think it's not just about, like, oh, we need to trust each other. Because then, a lot of times, it's also about the people who feel like yourself, are that they're not just being heard about you. To sort of, like, trust all these people who have shown, like, what well, you've given me, like, actually know the things that I should trust you. So, you're actually asking.
6: Clear for me in this conversation is what we're talking about. And, and so the question is, are we talking about culture shift? Which is different than talking about supporting individuals and setting up structures to support individual um, uh, individual's practice. When I think about, I never thought about common ground this way, but I think about it as a culture or as a pattern. I think about what holds us together. What are the differences that make a difference, and then what are the ways that we exchange with one another and um, and I feel very like uh, what is this kind of this trembling kind of um, excitement that's connected to a kind of joy um, because we're we're in such an amazing position we have the container of the Dharma that holds us together. We have these amazing resources to deal with the discomfort and the shame and the fear that arises when we are directly looking at what it is to be existing every day in a striated society, a society that ranks some of us higher than others, which I think is different from having just shared common experience. So we have these amazing resources in common. We have the Dharma, the center that contains us. Part of what I'm hearing is what we're doing is we're amplifying certain differences that already exist in the community by having these specific sitting groups. And part of what I'm hearing is the fear that by amplifying those differences, we're we're um, we're going to in some ways compromise, the integrity of the whole. And the other thing that I'm hearing coming out of the conversation is that looking for ways of creating exchange that will weave the whole together while acknowledging the differences that are already making a difference. And part of what's come up already is, okay, well, what if there's this cross, sort of cross-group communication, and then what comes up is like, well, How do we do that without putting people of color in the role of teaching white people about unconscious privilege, which is the reason that so many people of color in the Twin Cities are practicing in their basements. Because to walk in here, and to walk into any of the the convert sanghas, is, is... There's teaching that happens just, my understanding is just in the interaction. Um, I don't know what the answers are here, but I suspect that the answers pra- are in the practice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when you open the conversation, like what I really heard is, you know, what has worked? That was one of the things I heard, You was what's worked. And, um, for several years I was in a, a group that was specifically around, um, looking at issues of of race and rank and power and privilege, where... Oh, sorry. I was in a group that was specifically around looking at issues of race, rank, power and privilege. That was um, a cross-cultural group. And we would have the same question. We would separate, and separately we would ask the question of ourselves. And then we would come back and we would talk about the difference in our perspective. But the folks who were really... And it was specifically... um, those of us who were in the group that, um, uh, that was, the, um, that weren't facing these issues every day, that were less, that, those of us who had more cultural blindness about it, we also had a separate group where we were working on our own stuff all the time. And that was a mindfulness practice for 20 years. It was a mindfulness practice of the racial moments that I'm just oblivious to still every day. And so there was. it seemed like there was something about having a forum that was a mindfulness practice for ourselves and the support of ourselves because, Barbara, when you talked about that sense of not belonging, I mean, for me, it's also probably where the – I'll get off my soapbox in a moment. I really want um, what you were talking to, for me, was the isolation of, of the culture of whiteness that separates. All the time, and I got my stuff, and I'm afraid somebody else won't like it. So I felt like the joy for me is is moving beyond these barriers that that the striated culture is putting in our faces all the time, and the joy of connection that's on the other side of that, the joy of wholeness and of possibility, of, of reweaving our, our humanity. So I just um, that's the excitement. I just want to say sort of, um, that I've tried to give my privilege away and it doesn't work.
5: Yeah. <laughs> people keep
6: giving it back to me.
5: Yeah. I can
6: use it well. I can, I can even non verbally make sure that somebody who's being this, by directing my attention to them, when people want to give it to me, I mean, there's things that I can do, but I can't give it away.
3: And it's been really painful
2: to try. Yeah.
1: So I want to particularly invite folks who haven't shared so that we can create space um, for that. And um, just to do a time check that we have about, we haven't even taken a break yet, so my apologies for that, but I assume that you'll take care of yourselves. Um, We'll try to end maybe ten minutes before three, because I... Just to just to have some closure, to do something to close the discussion. So I just want to uh, give a little bit of a, a time check on that. Um, something else as you were saying, which has gone away. Oh. Go ahead. So the beauty of
5: the Dharma for
3: me has been to really feel the I can really be in pain about who I am and looking at it. And as I'm sitting there I'm thinking, what is the most valuable thing? in well no, actually in Glendale, California. Uh, when you know sixth, sixth graders say, oh how come you're that? Uh, so work over the many years as far as studying practice has been fragmented, where I am diverse, all inside of mine, and <laughs> I don't have to go very far, it's actually all right here, I'm thinking what's been most helpful besides very closely sticking with this self, uh, but it's been on one-on-one relations, one with super practice daily student studies, because daily sitting, and then maybe with one other person, be that a therapist, a friend, a teacher, whatever. But the power of really studying my heart, it's very easy for me to look outside and to start taking things off cash trained as an analyst. <laughs> so I, I like to play with my mind, go everywhere, it's really hard to just sit and look at everything happening right here. So, what that translates to is, like, I go to yoga, I went to the yoga class this weekend, only my second time, I, after being absent for five six years, but I decided to go. And after the yoga class, Million around introduction to I to i a stranger, and by the way, I was only a person of color in the room of coffee, as well. But that's enough time. So, somebody asked my name, you know, times, and I think I could talk pretty good in English. An elderly woman said, so are you an immigrant? <laughs> and so I said, And in the awakeness of the Dharma, I just smile, and I said, no, I'm not, you know, I'm one of those people that came here, I'm like, I was like, five. so what does that mean? Are you Chinese?
5: That's our (laughs) next (laughs)
3: question. background, and for the first time, thanks to the CDL and my two young adults who have gone back to study original culture, where they come from, um, I have never looked at the colonized mind, my
5: colonized mind, yeah,
3: I have a presentation, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, 500 years of colonized mind, what do you think of? I don't know who I am, my group I
2: belong to sometimes
3: I like being in the group, sometimes I don't. My point is the incredible, profound power and beauty of the Dharma. And we have to start, even as I sit here, both my, my my gut has been churning, my heart's been pounding, like, okay awareness. for me has been just that that so I must start here because from here it's the universal mm-hmm. from here are the quests Ajahn Chah I think says so. if you know yourself this is their, their <coughs> teaching all the time know yourself if you know yourself you'll know the other so I just am calling my I've been called to America Something. Not that we shouldn't think of programs structures all that. Well, we, you know, we're in the conventional world. Different place that. But I think the difference in the dharma, of, at least from what I have found over about the 30 years' journey has been it can't. It, I don't have to do it the way convention does. And I can look at myself and the big arch. Oh,
1: I remember the comment that has a little bit to do with Lorene's, um beautiful share, but um, and that is uh, the phrase that came up to me is 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 to give to give the Dharma some slack because. The way that the Dharma is coming into Western culture comes with a particular cultural lens and a particular language and a way that we're figuring out what's relevant, what's not relevant, what's appropriate. Because not every single thing is appropriate, otherwise we'd be living in this patriarchal hierarchy that is not beneficial in this world so that the language of the Dharma is not yet fully, has. we're just learning how to speak the language of the Dharma and also to speak the language of all these multiple cultures at the same time. Um, And how the teachings of, I mean, this is my personal perspective of how some of, the aspects and difficulties and challenges and suffering, okay, the suffering of culture, cultural difference, is embedded in the teachings. You just have to find it in the language, in the, in the suttas and, and, to, and to language it in a different way. Um, Ajahn Amaro, for one of the Community Dharma Leaders programs, and I can't remember which one, but... Ajahn Amuro, collected all the sutta quotes that he could find on race, class, and difference. Um, but I don't think it's been universally distributed. Um, so it's just beginning um, to um, and, and teachers are just learning how to um, weave um, an awareness of this level into the awareness practice itself. So, um, you know, as a as a larger community, and I think the larger picture always helps hold whatever difficulties or challenges that are happening, you know, in the <coughs> in the in the local level. So,
2: so for this rather
1: historic. Three-month retreat um, that Joseph and um, Rebecca and um, uh, Carol Wilson and all of the senior IMS teachers are are going to be teaching. Um, we Gina and I have a two-day <laughs> training around how to create dharma talks that are. Um, culturally appropriate for this retreat. To have the most senior Western teachers be able to say to us, can we ask you, blah blah blah? I mean, I'm humbled that this process is taken. That that um, there is a shift that that we are that you are a part of just by having this conversation of getting to those places of where we don't know the things that we don't know. So um so hopefully we can give every not just the Dharma's and Slack, but all of us, you know, some of that some of that space, some of that spaciousness, because we're all learning. Um, and it's really quite brilliant. One thing that I wanted to relate this to was
3: compassion, and how do you know how to have compassion for somebody who doesn't know I don't think that you know, the, the, one of the things that changed in South Africa was through the end of and that has changed violence in South America it's been a part of the dumb things like what they did in South Africa in South America and there's less violence
4: because of it and I think that that the without hearing each other there's no connection I can't have connection for somebody else don't know and And that
3: is something that we want when we have a compassionate community and understand each other, then we need to know about each other's suffering. And we can't do it in total silence all the time. That we have to speak at some time and have silence at other times. just uh, a couple of images came to mind. Uh, Just... uh, from those expressions And well, one was breathing in, breathing out. So nurture my own identity and then reach out and stuff. That and hold you know that exchange process. But if I nurture myself and I assert myself and I find a group, a subgroup to support me that can be nourishing and it gives me more the courage to reach out for the larger. Community. And it also reminds it reminded me I had read someone quote I don't recall quote, said it something like I have a strong enough ego for the full ego. Yeah. So it's you know, something that I really remind myself. Uh a couple of things I just getting very aware this weekend. The impact for me in being involved in this community by having someone who is teaching Dharma, who is more familiar to my beloved than anyone I've ever experienced in this community, um, and just the sense of ease and safety it's given me in practice over this weekend. Um, so that's uh, just one thing that I've just been thinking a lot and talking and partner and thinking for hours about how much of this is about visibility. I have a lot of friends who are um, gender who or gender to disabled, gender queer people of color, like lots of people who are very interested in the power of this practice, but because of something, and I can't completely name it, because so I end up bringing a lot of stories. When they come here, they're having that level of comfort um, to want to stay and be involved in this community. Um, and some of the discussions I've been having with friends uh, over the past week, people are really interested to hear how this discussion goes, and one, I just have to say um, I'm so impressed that this conversation is happening, I think it's incredible um, and I think it's a good start to feel a lot of relief Um, and then the other piece that's just developed in this conversation, and A lot of it has come from the healing that's taken place by what you said about um, your privilege in the GLBTQ community, Um, to me that is incredibly healing, and it just made me realize the impact that will have on me as trans person in this community, um, and the impact it will have on other people when I talk to them about it, just makes me realize that I really would um, be excited to engage in the givenness or sort of opening occasionally to a queer community um, to have, there's something about the dialogue between our marginalized um, communities
5: under the under Dharma and under this community that seems so edgy and
3: delicious to <laughs> me
5: <laughs> I'm just really, I'm excited about it.
1: I just wanted to I just <coughs> wanted to check in on, on on if there's any other voices that we haven't heard that um just make space for it to come. Yeah, um, I, I
3: To make, to make this community my community, and, 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 and to recognize that regardless of what doorway I enter, if right, um, I enter mean, through a doorway, that ultimately I'm entering into this community, um, and also, I mean, I think this, you know, in the larger sense, you know, I love to For me, as far as like, my practice in Dharma, um, is a sense of responsibility regardless of my vulnerability. Mm.
1: saying is is that these spaces, it's not just about safety um, anymore. I want to say it's about the cultivation of love. Because we can change the world because we hate it so much, because we're so harmed, because we're so injured. Or we can change things because we love it so dearly. And this is the, the cultivation of love, that 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 we're looking for that we're searching for so that we can do the work from that place you know when you were talking about that that excitement and uh, that, you know thank you for that but and so these 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 groups not only create safety but they create that capacity for our hearts to open so they can open in any situation
0: The thing that I found really, uh, that has really drawn me to this practice is that it, it just seems to me that there's, the deeper you go into it, that there's something profoundly revolutionary or transformative about it, that... Um, You know, on a day-to-day basis, I don't feel a need or have an expectation that things are going to be safe, but that I have the capacity to deal with whatever comes up. And I can do that in a very physical, practical way, right where I am. And it seems like the more we might be able to, like, really digest it, and have it be within us, we have an effect upon not just where we sit, but when we go back to our homes and go to work or are on the street or on the bus. Energetically something is different that really does make a difference. Yeah
3: I, I, I think uh, I'm, I find this conversation, that I'm think I've already expressed really interesting.
2: And also, I think uh, I have, there's a lot of trust, at least I feel a lot of trust that this community can hold all the spaces that are created
3: and grow them. But I think they can all grow and, uh, and this conversation is that I can have. And the second I think I just wanted you mentioned about privilege. I mean, but for the fact that I'm in the US, in India, I would be like a really privileged person because I'm, I mean, for a lot of reasons. And for a lot of social political, I mean, I've worked over the last 10 to 10 years to be exposed a lot of political issues. And became so keenly aware of my privileged position that it became very painful that I really tried to kind of escape it. I really didn't want to have to do anything with it.
2: And yet, I find it's not possible, even the fact that That I'm trying to escape my privilege is a position of privilege. (laughs) (laughs) I
5: have the luxury. I have
3: the luxury and comfort and able to walk
2: away when I want to and come back and it's still there for me to explore if I want to. And yet the fact that it's there, I mean the the question is always there and I've got to navigate it and the question
3: for me is how do I, uh, How do I hold it lightly, and yet be, uh, yet uh, uh, make it be uh, of greater good, without it being a sense of me trying to fix something. Mm -hmm. So that's the challenge that I've been trying to walk the last 15 years, I mean, I still don't have an answer, but I think I've walked away from the position of trying to go it because I see some possible ones, it's just there, and I'm okay with it, i Um, uh, the first time I walked in this room was a couple of years ago on a Sunday morning. Um, I stayed and didn't come back for a couple of months. And what brought me back was not uh, what kept me away was that the room was so light. I am not a Minnesotan. Um, I'm grateful for the life that I have here, but my community is not what we see as tradition,
5: and so so I didn't come back. It was the practice in part that brought me back. It was a couple of dear friends who didn't make a life here. When the people of color groups
3: started, there was a part of me um, that went black. Because a room of white is not my community. And so I was going to be kept out. And it was the practice that made me say, My friends need that song, and I need to look at myself, and what's going on around that, and know that it's a beautiful
5: thing. And I need to sit in this room now, which
3: does not resemble the room that I saw two years ago, and think it's a thing. Um, I'm a
2: newly, newly, a new
3: member of the board Common Ground, just a first really. and we, uh, all. <laughs> so I'm just going to raise question to the community. There's, it's an oversight board, I'm still trying to know what that means, but what does that mean to the community, and what do you do? I do answer now,
1: but a question that It's a question that many meditation communities have struggled with. I'm on the board of Spirit Rock right now. I'm the only person of color on the board out of uh, their board membership which is hovers around 18 for the past 15 years. They've only, only had one person on the board if that and so, it's it's not just so. Again, the larger picture is it's not just a unique struggle that we're going through. It you yeah, know it's a it's a it's a challenging one, and and that's why I sort of mention IMS because they were somehow able to get to that tipping point through a series of, of conditions. You we know, you set up the conditions. Um, and it will be probably a process. It, you know, depending on where the community wants to take it, depending on who steps in, who steps up, and depending upon who, um, yeah, uh, you know, what is
5: available.
3: Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, certainly we can do that. And my name is Susan. <laughs> Please. Um, I want to uh a
3: question you last about
1: the board, and
5: then I have
1: my own
3: reflection. And that is, things like to Pakistan and uh, my mm-hmm. other sites have, you know, there were murdered by the missionaries uh, there were Bogost people and there was Christianity so, and now I migrate here and I look at that journey <coughs> so, when the missionaries came, they showed us uh, this man called Jesus
4: Combination, you
3: know, you know, so So even though Jesus was hanging around there, so the class people, you know, were converted and and then they looked at, uh, you know, this new Savior. So then my other, you know, experiential question is: I come here, and then uh, I reflect that this, you know, the Buddhist, you know, predominantly uh you know fifty, sixty years around here, um, with the white sunrise. You know. So I asked myself, you know, so why? You know, this practice is very beautiful, like, but But then I also, I also ask also asked myself this question, you know, when will we stop following white Or, Uh <coughs> oh, The story. So that's one question. But I, you know, my own personal reflection is that, uh, you know, in the demographics demographic change, what would my practice look like? You know, why white you become an You know.
5: I think
1: you know part of what I was saying, you know how how the song originated, at least in the 60s and 70s, which is the legacy of of places like Spirit Rock and IMS. You know they they they, they formed around groups for safety and being reflected, just not not unlike how culturally specific groups are are yearning for as well, and. Um, and that has a huge impact because of the privilege of those groups to create large centers. And, and you know, I, don't, I haven't actually checked this out with Joseph, but, um, uh, you know, the years that they were practicing, they were actually missing the social revolution in, in the United States during the <laughs> 50s, right? So there is a piece that that Western Dharma communities, and I don't know about you know Zen communities or or um, um, Tibetan communities. Um, they have a different history. But in Vipassana communities, we're catching up around the, the social and you know as as I've become aware of as i stepped into this role of whatever you call it. Um, uh, the teaching of Sangha isn't emphasized. The teaching of Buddha Dharma is. The teaching of the meditation practice, of the retreat practice, of the awareness practice. But the teaching of the relational practice hasn't been emphasized as much. So, that has ramifications all across, you know, not just through diversity, but it has ramifications across conflict resolution, it has, con- you know, organizational development, there are many things in which um, <coughs> the teaching of community uh, has yet to expand into. I, I just add one uh, comment.
3: Mm-hmm. One thing that said, and that so I wonder if that's because it came from the monastic culture, and, and that still hadn't been worked out yet. So could so very it well, could well be. be with the flower in the garden and they yeah. were able to yeah and so saw me trying to keep with that crime um I hadn't spoken for two months so it was, it was really fine. Um, so I went I so I came back Monday from two months of silence and then Thursday I went to a movie on was Paul where 25,000 people were killed Oh through the And then lastly it's going to call Bill Fever about uh, the uh of the land of indigenous people and quite
5: I
1: have about five minutes left. Um, I'm just going to be brief.
3: I, I don't know how this fits in, but to me it,
5: it just came in,
3: It came into my mind right strongly when I first came in here was that there's a piece about being in community with other people that it needs to be in a place where vulnerability and shame can be. Acknowledged and dealt with, and through a friend here in the community, I've been listening to some tapes on those issues. And um, so, speaking about shame, and um, I happen to be in another faith community where they does just started some work on issues of diversity um, and showing movies really specifically about um, how race, as a concept, that uh,
5: really solidified in our country, as well as for other movies. Well, anyway, and, and there was discussion afterwards, and I noticed that I really felt
3: uncomfortable um, speaking to, speaking with African Americans, because I, I felt that fear, you know, and, and I'm not uneducated about um, the history of our country, but it just hit me like a day ago. Shame. That's what is driving this, and that particular aspect of the difficulty had not hit me before. And it was, it's been very powerful over the last, you know, just three days. Just like, whoa, that was a really big piece that I have missed. And um, so I don't know how that fits, but I do feel that as we work on this, we, we need opportunities to small groups of sex or so to be able to be in a conversation. Um, and, but the issue of shame and vulnerability has to do, obviously, in, in our culture in relation to diversity, but also, I mean, just in our own personal lives. There's a lot of levels what we're talking about, community, but anyway, I think it's a piece that has to be. Uh,
1: it's now and just in the somewhere. so I'll end by sharing it's just a piece of my teaching practice that I haven't yet to go but it it actually it actually touches your subject and this is where I want to say that that we're just learning the language right we're so this is preformed I haven't even written any talk about it um, it actually came to me in one of my retreats that that um one of the, one of the difficulties of, of crossing difference and multicultural work, or whatever you want to call it, is the experience of guilt and shame and that, and that, and that creates the resistance because it's, you know, it's, 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 it's you're defending yourself from feeling the pain and the wound. And right in the Buddha's teachings is the te- teachings of Hiriotapa. Which, of Hiri Otapa which is about shame and guilt. But there's no valence around shame and guilt. Shame and guilt is an invitation to learn what is yet to be learned. And so I love the way that, uh, I've just begun to sort of explore this, but I love the way that Bhikkhu Bodhi languages, because even when you hear shame and guilt, you know, there's a contraction. And he talks about conscience, and concern. And those words are much more easily absorbed. He translates hiri otapa as conscience and concern. So there is a way, you know, I, I totally am with you that, that we need to turn the lens of, of, of the discussion and awareness to these things that we generally push away. And how to do it in a way that doesn't, can decode it, but also is, 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 because it's an area of tenderness, some, when many people were, were, were addressing this, is, is, is treat, is approaching it with both wisdom and compassion. And sometimes relanguaging it can offer that. So I didn't know. More space to this? Uh, we're running out of time, but if you would like to do a burning desire.
5: I sort of do that. Yeah, already. okay. I <laughs> yeah. think on that a of conscience, conscience
3: and concern and what we brought out of um, the board and the board being all right. Right now, I was on the board for three years, so I feel like I just need to put that out there for steps on as how that might matter also just a uh, request to really keep this alive on the board level too because I think we can really easily get into day to day and then these issues which I think people have shared so much about the importance of uh, community and specificity that just really wanting to keep alive on all uh, levels and governance to all the active board members here. So I
1: out there and also thank you and Margaret and the board for you know connecting all of the chat right now in our meeting also, and also bring that and let me add it off there. thank you. So I thought I, I didn't know whether this would be appropriate or not, but I, I actually feel that it would be nice to have some closure to connect even The voices who have not been heard in the room to acknowledge um, whatever you're feeling or whatever um, your participation was. You you were present even as a as a witness, and and that actually helps hold the collective knowledge and understanding and wisdom that that is being developed and. and also to acknowledge all the things that have been shared. So this is a blessing cord ceremony. That um,
2: I think I have
1: enough. I didn't count in the room, but
2: I think I have enough for people. Can I just mention sure. One? Uh, some of you know there has been uh, a circle that started about a year and a half ago. And uh, anybody who's interested in continuing the conversation, uh, get me or Shelley or Stacy. Your name and email and we'll get you on the mailing list. We meet about every month to two months. Um, and, uh, the other thing, uh, around inclusivity, well, on, I didn't have a name because we're working on our name, but something around inclusivity, diversity, suffering due to separation. Uh, so we've been talking about these issues for a year and a half now. And then also, there are uh, there's a whole system for community groups to form around for any reason whatsoever. So if anybody is inspired to create a small group of community members, for whatever reason you'd like to initiate one, also you could just check with me or with the office and we'll help you do that. And that's exactly how the other community groups are formed. Somebody came forward and said, I'm interested in a community group. So same with the POC and uh, Shannon and Stacey, Got that gone because they were interested in starting something. That's it. Thanks. Thank
3: you. Can you know, identify again the people you talked to who were interested in the Just sent to Stacey or the
2: office, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the thread is often, um, um, regarded as, um, the thread of a monastic's robe. And I love this thread because it includes the the colors of all the monastic robes from all the traditions. Um, And there's a little bit of a, you know, there's a metaphor for diversity in that, and um, uh, that we take what we've intended to create and are creating into our lives, that that it's a reminder, you know, that, that sati or mindfulness is a constant reminder to come back to what is true for us. And um, so I'm going to invite you to um, uh, classically, the um, we tie three knots, and one is refuge in the possibility of awakening or the Buddha. And so just taking just taking um, a moment to reflect on if there was any um, insight or learning that you received, um, whether it's this weekend or today and um, just appreciating the practice and the possibility of, of learning over and over again what this life is about, what, what leads to more freedom, what leads to more of an open heart. And we tie a second knot taking refuge in the Dharma, this path, these um, not just teachings, but practices, uh, intentions, and and refinements over and over again as we as we do it. How to be in community? How to be in community with ourselves? All the the parts of ourselves that we are trying to heal and whole and and create wholeness, but also all the parts of our larger community. And of course, that last refuge of sangha, that that last refuge of knowing that we are not alone in this process, that um, that we have like-minded, like-hearted spiritual friends, that even if they don't quite understand us or they don't have our similar life experiences, where we can meet them is is this place of similar intention of creating more freedom in life. And there is no higher intention than that. And so just turning to the next person, and so um, that uh, you, you have the person next to you, um, you can tie it around your wrist, or your ankle, or your neck, and just have the person next to you um, tie that string on
5: I'm going the
1: reflecting on how much practice is in this room right now how much intention there is to create less suffering in the world to create less suffering in our lives what what an experience of blessing and relief to have us together we offer the goodness of our collective practice and efforts not just for ourselves but really for the freedom for the happiness of all beings in all worlds in all
5: directions.
1: Thank you for listening.